Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions. Anything said in this podcast, the future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD and Google. Thank you. Oakley Dokley? I can't tell if you guys and girls can tell or not, uh, but I'm at my parents'. I have a feeling that whenever I record at my parents, my mic quality is better, despite using the same mic, but I think the major reason is that there's no background noise. Like, I'm speaking a lot quieter than I normally do on a podcast recording, uh, just because it there's we're so far away from the highway, <laughs> and, I, and it's just like, right now it's like 10 o'clock at night, and nothing happens at 10 o'clock from where I am right now and having less things happen just kind of gives me a chance to I don't know kind of like regain my thoughts and reprioritize certain things so when I go back to Southern California I feel just like kind of more more focused where I think I can get comfortable when I'm just doing my same old routine at home but then coming to my parents' house where it's quiet, there's like a little bit less to do, so I get to really have some time to focus on myself. Uh, it gives me a better, I guess, sense of direction when I'm back at home. Um, so getting a chance to do that, see saw my parents and friends, like I said before, and excited to get into this episode. This week for earnings are particularly light. Uh, Thursday is, of course, Thanksgiving. And Friday is just off just because it's the day after Thanksgiving Day. Um, before open on Monday, there's nothing, or at least nothing worth mentioning. Uh, after close on Monday, there's Zoom, Dell, and Urban Outfitters. Before open on Tuesday, there's Best Buy, Dollar Tree, Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, Burlington Coat Factory, Abercrombie Fitch, and Jack of the Box. After close on Tuesday, there's Autodesk, Nordstrom, uh, Hewlett Packard, and Guess. Before open on Wednesday, there's John Deere, and I'd say that's about it for the week. This week's earnings, like to be super honest, I just don't find any of them really all interesting. Zoom, maybe, just because it's such a growth-heavy stock, just seeing how growth stocks are doing, maybe Zoom would be a fun one to watch. Um, but Best Buy, maybe second runner up and just seeing how their retail numbers are doing, uh, despite guiding down and saying that they might have tough quarters ahead. Um, Dick Sporting Goods was doing really good, like during quarantine, during that rally. Um, but I'm pretty sure, uh, it's cooled off a bit. And it has, but it's also rebounded. So it's at a pretty nice support at the 109 area or AKA the $100 area. Uh, it has a P&E ratio of 9.47, which is, I think, either average or just like a little bit higher than average for a retail company like this. And it's it does pay a dividend, so that's kind of nice. 1.79% dividend yield. Best Buy stock pays a dividend too yeah dividend yield of 4.89 it's PE ratio is 9.64 so very comparable stats to dick sporting goods but um yeah like roughly a three whole percentage point uh, three whole percentage points uh for dividend yield uh in favor of best buy 
let me see. And then who else pays it? Yeah, right, Target. So if I could go to Target, because Target's P&E ratio is a lot higher, right? It's like 18, 18.5, dividend yield of 2.65% right now. Target, man. Target is roughly down, let me see. So at its very peak of its high, August 6th of 2021, 260. And it's now, it dipped all the way down to 143. But now it's like at 162. So like the reason why I like looking at highs and lows is, you know, I'm not that big on technical indicators but i do have like this fascination with the fibonacci scale when you like talk about um uh like just price movement so like most i'm not gonna even say the word most when you look at stocks there's a chance for it to fit like this fibonacci pattern where uh like there's a 50 percent retracement cha uh, chance for it to retrace 50 percent and then uh, scales out from there it's like a, it has like it's usually graphed with like several price points um colored as a rainbow um i just think it's interesting so whenever there's like a 50 per percent cut from like a high that's usually where i start getting interested in in a stock when it's going down but of course it doesn't always work out because a stock could go lower than 50 percent. for example paypal <laughs> so that is just something I mean I've I've I wanted to buy target stock when it was in the 200s so why would I not buy it now you know that that's like my main my main go-to um, I'm looking now it's like the pre-covid high was like 105 so but target did grow a lot but did it grow that much I don't know. I know Walmart did really well uh, in terms of stock price last week. Yeah, P&E ratio of 46. Wow, that is a lot. So Walmart is like way less value in terms of a stock purchase just because it's, quote, priced in. Its P&E ratio is literally double. Its price-to-earnings ratio is double of target. Um, but its stock looks well, and but that's a, that's also the other thing. It's like, dude, shouldn't Target be doing the same as Walmart? This this like divergence that's happening with Target and Walmart right now makes me think that like Target might be on super sale. I'm just looking at this one article right now and says Walmart and Target's quarterly results lay bare the retailer stark differences. Uh, and the key points, and this is from CNBC, just so I don't get caught plagiarizing. These are not my thoughts. Um, it says groceries account for more than half of Walmart sales and just 20% of targets. I can attest to this because my parents buy groceries from Walmart. Um, wow. So it also says here, on Tuesday, Walmart raised its outlook for the year. And then a day later, Target slashed its forecast for the key holiday quarter. And then I'm also looking at another chart that they provide and seeing Target's like price movements versus Walmart. And um, while they're both up, 
from like 2018, Target really, really went up at some points in 2021 and 2022. And I'm going to say like with very very firm conviction that that was from the resale lit people where like you would buy something from the store um and then resell it for a higher price and people were doing that with all kinds of items you wouldn't necessarily find that sort of deal at walmart uh because maybe like walmart doesn't like have it but target for example would get all the Pokemon card shipments and all the sports cards uh, shipments and stuff. So I don't know, like with all that stuff having crashed already, like no one talks about sports cards anymore. No one talks about magic or Pokemon, uh, all those collectibles, like no one is into those really anymore. Uh, and so that definitely, I can definitely see that cutting into targets profits. Um, but then they also provided this like target card that gave you like 5% back. So that, that was also another incentive to be like a reseller um, that shopped at Target because you get 5% off because you get 5% of it cash back. So you get 5% more profit on whatever you sold. So it's very lucrative for Target and anyone shopping at Target. But with that hobby like dying out... Um, yeah, a reversion to the mean doesn't seem all that crazy. And just seeing the stock performance of both within this chart, um, it looks like it looks like today's price like kind of also makes sense. It just target was really, really overextended. I mean, at, at least in terms of this graph. But um, Walmart's been slow and steady. And... Hmm. I just can't see myself buying Walmart stock. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. It's kind of the same reason why I don't buy, like, um, defense stocks like Raytheon or um, Northern, Northrop, Northrop Gunman, Gunman Northrop. <laughs> what is, what is Northrop Grumman? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan on, like, huge, big e-commerce or just commerce, though. Let me let me take that back because I remember back in the day I really really wanted to buy a hundred shares of Amazon, and then write a recovery call like that was one of my like goals. But ever since it split, it's just like not the same. <laughs> it just it just doesn't feel it doesn't sit well with me. It feels like I'm, I'm like cheating, and no, I don't want to write. I don't want to buy a thousand shares of Amazon. I'm good. And then write 10 cover calls. I'd rather not do that. It's definitely not as cool. Um, but yeah, just keeping my eyes on Target. I'm also keeping my eyes on Coinbase, right? Like right now, crypto has been doing not so hot. But that it's because of scandal. Not necessarily because of like a macro thing. It's like because, you know, some exchange is failing because of bad management. And it just has like like bad news FUD written all over it where I think it could blow over and it could just mean that this is like, <laughs> it's going to sound so shilly, but like the, it could just mean that Ethereum and Bitcoin is on sale. But this is also not a crypto podcast, so I don't like talking about it all too much. But 
Coinbase, though, is a stock um, that's currently in what I consider the dead zone. So Coinbase is below its IPO price. So we just don't know how much lower it can go. But I don't know. We'll see. It'll, it's, it'll be tricky. It'll be... I don't know. I, let me just also really quickly look up the implied volatility of Coinbase. Coinbase on Friday had a minus 7% day. I'm sure that tomorrow will be the same. <laughs> yeah, over the weekend or just like 16 hours ago, I think I saw on Twitter. Some the people that stole FTX's crypto is like dumping it on the market right now. So Ethereum and Bitcoin went down another like 9 to 11%. Coinbase, 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 trade. Yeah, it's implied volatility is so big. Oh my God, 139, 139% for a 12 day. For, for a five? Oh my goodness. Let, let, me, let me just do some quick, quick maths with you while you're just chilling in the car. So let, let's, pick a, let's pick a normal stock. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to pick AMD. If I sold an AMD at the money cash secure put, I could get 143 bucks. Then I go to coin and then I sell an at the money cash secure put. I get double. I get 286 bucks. But then the difference is I only have to put up like half the amount of money for Coinbase. And I'm talking about five days, not like multiple weeks, but this is five days. This is for this week. That's insane. So the amount of money that you can make with, say, for example, Coinbase, it's up there. Like the opportunity, the opportunity is there, but oh man, it's such a, it's such a risky gamble playing with uh, crypto right now. But I'm trying to put some of my, I guess, biases aside and trying to determine, like, this is a pretty textbook, like, fading play where if you were someone that was bullish on crypto, this would be an easy write. But I'm not necessarily so bullish on crypto that I'd probably take the risk of something like this right now. But... Like if you really, really liked Coinbase and you really, really loved Brian Armstrong or you really believe that this is a great company that will be around for a long time, this is an excellent way to get into a stock position. But if you were to say, say like, oh, I think I could make a lot of money writing cash secure puts with this. I don't care about this company. I don't care about crypto. This is just high implied volatility then you're asking for it. <laughs> like, I think there's a high chance you will get assigned and that there's possibly or equally a higher chance that Coinbase keeps on going down, making maybe cover calls on an option. But, um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is just, this is pretty cool, right? Like, if you didn't know what was happening in the crypto world, you wouldn't absolutely know why the implied volatility of Coin is so, like, large, big um but yeah if you want to look more into it look up ftx scandal uh on google there's tons of people covering it 
Um, but as far as like Coinbase, they're not going to be largely affected just because they're not a shady business. They get audited by the government uh, and all that stuff. So because they're a public company. Sorry about the really abrupt cut. I had to burp. <laughs> and usually I would maybe keep something like that in, but I decided not to today. So uh, spared you that. Uh, today we have a writer named Judah uh, that wrote in a really good question that I think uh, just really sets me up to kind of explain why I don't particularly like rolling as a strategy when it comes to theta gang style trades um but we'll get more into it uh after the question and just one more thing before we get into the question if you do have a question yourself you can go ahead and email me that at juniathetagame.com there's a good chance it can become an episode or you can save the question and ask it to me on the twitch.tv slash real thetagame twitch live stream that i do every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, but yeah, my email is always open for questions, comments, concerns, anything. Um, and that's J-O-O-N-I-E at datagang.com. Thank you. So Judah writes, Hey Junie, I have a question for you. I have been heavily influenced by your podcast, partially because you do a great job explaining these concepts and partially because I think I have already agree with a lot of your investment rules. I've always believed that when selling covered calls, you should let them be assigned when they are in the money at expiration. However, I recently heard a podcast stating that it's fine to roll covered calls as long as you aren't losing money. This seems to go against my current philosophy, but now that I've thought about it, maybe there could be a time and place for it. My question is, do you think there is a time and place for rolling in the money covered calls? And if so, when? I just rolled covered calls for the first time and I made $3 extra premium for a strike which is $2 higher and four weeks out. The stock has since down, since then gone down and I don't know if I'm disappointed or not. If you have time to give me your thoughts on the matter, I'd love to hear from you. By the way, new episodes from you are the highlight of my week and especially when they are one hour plus. Thanks, Judah. First of all, that made my heart really warm. Uh, you're welcome. The one-hour episodes, I agree. They feel really good to record. Um, I don't have always that much content to provide, but yeah, when I do have those episodes, they, they feel really good. I'm happy that they make you happy. Um, going into other parts of the email, I'm really glad that we have a similar sort of like investment rules that we agree on so maybe you can relate to some of the things i bring up in my answer here or in regards to rolling um i also i want to say that i think it's really cool that you're exploring new things or new strategies so when it comes to exploration i never think that's necessarily bad as long as you do it in a systematic way and some of that can include logging the trade and then you know um, logging your, I guess, your progress or what the outcome was. Um, but I think that's what's most important, um, just strictly because rolling trades really starts opening up doors that can lead to greater success. But th- there's many more doors where things can go wrong. Um, and let's just explore a few of those options. 
<laughs> no pun intended. And I want to try something new today. Um, I want to make this like a little bit more interactive, almost kind of like paying homage to like the earlier episodes of the podcast. If you were in Judah's shoes and uh, Apple is currently trading at 105, right? And you wrote the covered call for your 100 shares of Apple at the 100 strike. So it's $5 in the money. You're guaranteed whatever premium you wrote it for. Would you, when would you ever roll that? Like, just take a pause, pause the pause this clip. I'll get, I'll even talk a little bit longer as you find your pause button. Like, start finding it now. But like, when would you ever choose to roll this position? Like, you've you've already gained the maximum amount of premium that you could on the covered call. Like, you know that's guaranteed, especially if it's like on expiration day. But when would you ever roll it? Okay, okay. I kind of played the game myself too. So what I thought about, the main thought that I was thinking about was I want to keep the shares, right? Like I want to keep the shares. I just want to collect premium. And that might be the, the most common answer. If you answered in a totally different way, like tell me about it, maybe in the stream or email. But the main reason that I could think about you know, rolling a covered call is that, hey, the stock is doing really well. I'd hate to let go of it now, especially having missed the profit already. Maybe there's a scenario where I can uh, hold the shares, have this covered call eventually win and not have my shares get called away. Okay, so this is where I just kind of like get into my sort of trading style. I like to be flexible I like to be simple. Um, when I am rolling cover calls, there's more opportunities for me to do that rather than fulfill whatever obligation I might have with an expiration that just currently exists. Where if I have something expire in the money, I always let it just get called away. Why? Because if I wanted to stay in the stock, I would have bought another hundred shares some time ago. Now, this is where some key principles kind of come in, where like you shouldn't really be doing one covered call and then saying that's the end of it. Um, because, you know, if the main objective is to collect covered call premium or maybe cash secure put premium as you're wheeling, you should be open to having several hundred shares of whatever you're trading. So in this example, if Apple is trading at 105 and you wrote the 100 strike, what is stopping you from just buying another 100 shares of Apple? If, for whatever reason, you don't have enough money to buy another 100 shares of Apple, that effectively means you're using more than 50% of your account or possibly 100% of your account to write one covered call and you would be breaking a very core principle of not going all in. So we're at this fork in the road here is like, I don't particularly know if you're all in and maybe you're not. So that in that case, I would say, let's explore the option of buying 100 more shares of Apple 
so that when your 100 shares that you have that are going to get called away get called away you still have 100 shares to say continue getting that um, premium um, you can do a strategy where maybe uh, you don't just buy 100 shares of apple rather you, you buy 100 shares of apple and then you write another covered call right and so you are not necessarily chasing the high that you missed because you know there was some amount of money that you did not gain from apple crossing the 100 strike that you originally wrote for in my very simple example um, but rather you're just being more comfortable and have a solidified set of rules that allow you to stay and i'm using like air quotes here stay invested by just buying more this and this kind of opens you up to just having more money invested which can be seen as a good thing or it can also be seen as like a bad thing it just really depends on also what kind of stock you're trading like if you're trading a blue chip stock this is typically okay but there are obviously black swan events where any strategy like this is bad um but you know whenever you ask yourself if you want to roll in the money cover call like why not you know equally ask yourself why can't I just buy 100 shares right now and then sell an at-the-money cover call? Then in that example, you effectively only make money um, in the amount that you get paid for for the cover call. Um, but then if the stock goes down, it's almost like you never missed out on the gains in the first place because you're getting so much premium on the at-the-money cover call you're probably making up a good chunk of the difference that you made from the first batch of shares getting called away. This is a strategy that I use pretty often um, because semiconductors can you know, have these really, really good days, weeks sometimes of the stock just going way past your strike. And there are times where I'm like, okay, what strategy can I deploy um, that lets me like, you know, maximize my profit but then gives me the best sort of downside um, risk like mitigation and what i've come to realize is i don't like writing the cash secured put because if it corrects hard and fast i'm stuck on a very red cash secured put and that feels really bad what i would rather be doing is being green on a very very say defensive covered call one that's like at the money where i'm receiving the max amount of premium so that i have a good break even um for when i do end up closing the covered call for green and that's kind of where you know my strategy kind of like flourishes is i do really well at being defensive and that's like a lot with my personality and just game theory in general i always play control when i'm playing magic i always play zoners when i'm playing street fighter i always like tricky people uh, in tekken like i like being the person just waiting for you to mess up and then i will you know i'll eventually win over the long run that's like my typical gameplay loop that i enjoy so writing or rolling covered calls um, when especially when they're in the money is a direct a sort of like not violation but it's like definitely not me because that's what that's what 
what well, I'm like I'm like stuttering because it's it it is definitely not something I would do because that's basically saying hey I won I won this bet right like I I wrote this cover call because I wanted to get these called away um and I got the money that I was promised but wait you know what I'm just gonna roll these <laughs> and then hope that I get like like a few more bucks that doesn't make sense like I already won so if I already won why don't I start focusing on my next trade why don't I buy another hundred shares and if I want to be defensive and I think hey this could be the possible top why don't I just write a at the money cover call if I think I could it can still keep going why would I roll <laughs> right like why would I roll why it doesn't make sense like just start just starting a new position keeps you even more flexible because you're not say like foregoing your obligation of like getting your shares taken away you're get, you're kind of wiping your hands off with assignment and then getting on to the next trade um but that's just i guess that, that's just me if you wanted to min max your strategy right like if you really want to grind every single dollar um i think there is a time and place for rolling but what I enjoy about my particular trading style is that I can do my nine to five. I could ha- I could do jujitsu. I could work on the website. I could record this podcast, all without stressing about my stock positions. I know exactly when I'm going to be assigned. I know exactly, you know, what my obligations are at all times. I'm not worried about when I need to roll. There's no automatic roller as 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 much as I would hope that there's not uh in trading platforms but um it just seems like another decision that you can mess up on but who knows it could be another decision that makes the trade of a lifetime i just haven't really explored that side of the i guess equation and here's where i guess the episode kind of comes to a close i have all of my trades shown on theta.com slash Juni. Anything that you hear on another podcast when they're saying that it's fine to roll covered calls as long as you're not losing money, like, I don't know if I'd be able to say that without being able to say, like, hey, here's my trading profile. Like, come look at, come look at how I trade. Because what I'm starting to realize is I am definitely not normal (laughs) um there are definitely not a lot of people that show their trades um and that talk about finance so um i don't know i don't know like how believable really anything anybody is because it's so different when you actually trade like on paper rolling sounds so good in bullish youtube videos it sounds so good in tutorials on investopedia it sounds so good but there's so much emotion when it comes to rolling because you know you're winning and you want to roll this trade or you're losing and then you want to roll this trade there's just like a lot of things that a robot would do better for you uh in that moment that you're doing yourself by rolling and then, you know, 
a, a train of thought there might be like, oh, well, if I find an automatic roller, do you think it would be okay? And then I'd be like, probably not, because just like algorithmic trading or like AI trading or like any any of these like automated things are also not as like good um, as you think they are, unless if you're from like Goldman Sachs and you have that literal literal physical cable going into the machine of the servers and controlling the entire market unless you have connections to that then i'd say a lot of these like automatic traders and stuff is oh, it's, it's so scammy um but anyway judah thank you so much for writing in um i do again really like that you're exploring new options um and if you find that rolling works for you, I'd love to hear your progress on it. Um, I will continue to not roll my covered calls that are in the money because I have effectively shown that you don't ever need to roll. And I have a trading history of about like two and a half years of every single trade that I've done. So, yeah, I think there's a time and place if you want to min-max and roll, but... I'm not here to min-max. I'm here to have fun, keep it a hobby, and also do my 9 to 5, code data gang, do jiu-jitsu, orchids, bonsai, all that stuff. That about wraps it up for today. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my patrons here, AG, Arfman, Averillion, Can't Make Money, IRL, Chicken Dinner, Empty Cans, Fancy Wolf, Froggy Fresh Trades, Grandpa95, Andy V, Jay-Z, and Kaput. Ladies Reservist, Leo Jetson, Lord Skeletor, Maestro XC, Maltman1856, McFly, John Snow, M. Hayden, Mick, Mike D, Mitch Bay7, Mods, Mr. Integrity, Pasture Bedtime, Rooster, Rustier, Seneca, Shifty, Slow Motion, Statistically Random, Symmetrix, The Jester, Theta Ray, and Upstream Puddle. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, I, think, I think that is it. Uh, let me just gather my thoughts real quick. Oh, that's my chair <laughs> um yeah i mean i guess i guess just on the personal front or i mean the personal trading front um wow yeah i at one point at one point last week i had 800 shares of amd i got 600 of them called away uh over the weekend so i am probably going to open a good amount of trades tomorrow especially because it looks like it's going to be red um but not by a lot features are down like 0.26 let me just refresh now 0.29 it's not that's not horrible um but uh yeah i want to get more exposure into amd i'm gonna stay out of nvidia for now um I've been I've been just seeing a lot of 4080s just in stock. I've seen a lot of video, I've been watching a lot of GPU videos because I get recommended those now. Um, Google is an interesting position of mine where I like Google. I mean, I use YouTube all the time and every day. Um, I might build up the position. I currently have a position that is. At the 97, yeah, I have a break even of 96.65 with a covered call that is green. Um, yeah, maybe I'll double down on my Google position. I'm not sure. PayPal has also been interesting to me. 
um, primarily because it's it's at such a low and it's been consolidating a lot. Um, kind of similar to how AMD was for like the first, for the last two like, or for the last like f four weeks minus the, or last six weeks minus the last two. Or I guess like two weeks ago, it was consolidated for four weeks. That's a better way to put it. Um, Spy looking like it wants to cross 400 again. But maybe not tomorrow since futures are down. Um, let's see. Yeah, I have like no real interest in Amazon. I do keep it on my watch list though. Because it's Amazon. It's just such too big of a company to kind of ignore target target is interesting man there's just so many there's so many things that i'm like interested in but I, nothing i have nothing there's nothing i have more conviction than than amd right now um and that's kind of like just me voting with my wallet not not just because my like my digital wallet like my portfolio but like i'm literally building a pc soon and it's gonna have an amd cpu and gpu which i'm like pretty excited to do because i've never chosen like the budget friendly option um ever when it comes to like my pc because <laughs> i love being on my computer so i like definitely get my money's worth whenever i buy like the top end of whatever system I buy, but Shopify is also interesting. Shopify has been in like a very short term uptrend. Um, from its low of twenty five, it's now at like thirty six. So that's also interesting. The ten EMA just crossed the fifty EMA. Like a, like a month ago, it's like on track to like start carving out this bottom. Hmm. Yeah, and then also with the the Fed, right? Like the and the inflation uh, numbers going down. We'll see. Uh, Powell said that he expected pain in the labor market and housing market, and we've seen some of that. But I wouldn't say that like we've seen a lot of it though. Um, and you know if they pause rates at this next fomc meeting oh my goodness <laughs> or if they don't not the if they don't pause the interest rates not that but like if they lessen the interest rate hike to like say 0.15 instead of 0.75 that could be the start of the ma a massive santa rally like oh my goodness or maybe you know stocks will go up prior to that fomc meeting let me let me just get that meeting date here. So yeah, December December 14th is when that will be announced. And so that is pretty, pretty soon, not like soon, soon, but in about like less than a month. Oh, and this is like just in time for Christmas. It will be low volume, a really big spike, and then it'll leave us into the new year thinking like, oh, the rally was such low volume. You can never get sustained, and then we start melting up. and <laughs> we, You just never know with these things. So I have quite a bit 
of money that's like not invested and is literally doing nothing, which feels really bad because, you know, in 2021 and 2020, I basically had like my entire portfolio invested the entire time. And it kind of shows because I made 50K in the first year and uh, 49K in the second year. But this year, it looks like I'm about to finish like down like 11K basically, um, which I'm okay with. Like I'll have ups and downs, but like compared to some people on Wall Street Bets this year, gee, oh, like I am good. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of what I have in mind is like I want to have exposure to the upside but I don't want to do it in a reckless way. Like I, I'm not looking for like, oh, Ark and Kathy Wood's going to take me to the moon or AMC. Like I don't, I'm like so over that. Like even as fun plays, I don't do those. Um, But looking like Costco is supposed to also up their, their membership soon. Like that's, that's like a bullish thing, but hmm. Yeah, I also just, you know, I talked about being bullish on Costco, uh, like, not too long ago, maybe back in July. Um, and Costco is super busy. And I, I love that for Costco, dude, like, I want Costco to be great. But I just don't like going there. Like, it's just, dude, it's too busy. Everyone's rude. Like, not the employees, but like, everyone's just in there with a mission and it's like especially when you go start going towards the line everyone's like trying to like race each other and it's like dude i don't care like i'm really good at just checking out like for example like if i'm in line for something i i don't get impatient like i have so many thoughts to think on i just think on my thoughts while i'm in line i'm like i'm thinking about theta gang or i'm thinking about you know what am i what am i gonna do for v3 of, of this or maybe in jujitsu it's like oh how am i gonna work on my half guard or you know all this all this different stuff that i'm thinking on but so my goodness some people some people are so rude on the way to the line i just can't i can't handle it um let's see what else what else what else hmm no i think that's it um thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening to my ramble uh i think the key takeaway for this last bit of, of me talking is that i want more exposure to the upside meaning i want more of my money invested uh and i think the main thesis that i'm going to be using is like the stuff that i use or the places i go to so for example right now my portfolio is a hundred percent of that so I'm going to make my next PC a full AMD rig, and that's for a reason. I'm choosing AMD for a reason. So I can't be the only one doing that. And then I use YouTube every day, all day, and Google owns YouTube. So we'll see what I end up uh, buying or you know writing in the, next, um, in the next week or two. But thank you for listening. I'll see everybody next week, and bye-bye.